Well, I hope you're enjoying this wonderful weather. I love it. I don't hardly use my air conditioning at all, most of you know. Only time I turn it on is when I leave for my dog. But, you know, we're glad you're here today. And, um, you know, I think there's times in our lives that, that we're doing a series on earthquakes and what the Bible says about, about earthquakes. And there's always a symbol. There's a purpose. There's a reason for what goes on when it correlates an earthquake in the Bible. And, and we're going to look at today about a spiritual earthquake and about all of us have something in our life that shakes us sometimes. And if not, maybe even in a great way. How do we deal with that? How do we handle that? We're going to look at uh, God's Word today and see what He has to say. And uh, also, always remember that the Lord is telling us, what are we living in? What's going on in these times that we're living in and how earthquakes have to do with the towards the end of times, and we're going to look at that. Let's pray. Father, we're just so grateful today. Lord, in the next few minutes, Lord, all of us here have had something that has shaken us. And I just ask today, whatever that might be, that they would hear you today and know that you're in complete control uh, in whatever's happened in any of our lives. Lord, there's a reason that you've brought each and every one of us here today. We always say that every week to hear from you, whatever it is that you want us to hear today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if there's one thing I think that we don't do is we, we don't pay attention enough. And we don't pay attention enough to what the Bible has to say uh, in, in our personal life and even in the end times. I was at, uh, at Chick-fil-A uh, this week and I, you know, if you're ever at the Chick-fil-A out in Fairlawn, it's always completely backed up. I think the one down in North Canton is too, but it's just completely backed up. So I, I got out, ran inside. And so I know the guy wasn't listening to me behind the counter. He was too busy. So I, I said, hey, can you do me a favor? He says, what's that? I said, I just want ice, I just want ice water with a, with a lot of ice. He says, okay, okay. And he's running around doing anything. And he just gives me regular water with a little bit of ice in it. And I said, uh, I said, hey, you know, I, you remember I just said I wanted, oh, yeah, 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 right, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So the next thing he does, he puts no water in it and completely fills it with ice. And uh, I said, no, 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 I, I, I wanted water, but I wanted a lot of ice in it. With just so I go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this time he dumps the ice completely out and just puts all water in it and hands it to me. And by this time, I was just embarrassed from him. I just grabbed it and left. And I thought, what is, what is, what is wrong with you? And, and, and I said, am I like this? You know, are we like this? That, that, that we're so busy up in here, we're not paying attention. And you know where we're really not paying attention? We're not paying attention to what's happening in society. Because what's happening in society is we're headed somewhere. I was reading Northern California this week. Uh, because of all the, the gender neutral and all the things on there, they're passing a law that now, uh, you know, the manhole covers, you know, that you have the, we call them manhole covers. Well, there's the law being passed that you can't call them manhole covers now. 
they're, they're I, I don't know what they're calling it, but they're, they're not manhole covers anymore. What, what are we living in? Here's what we're doing. We're, 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 we're so, as the Bible says, there's so much confusion. God's word says, as we get towards the end of time, pay attention. Be aware, because as we see all, these, all this stuff that's happening, that everyone is asking this question, where are we headed? As we talked about, I started this series last week, and we're going to start and look at the next few weeks also with this same verse in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 7. Where are we in, in this place called time? The good Lord tells us in Matthew 24, 7, for nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in different places. You know, <clears throat> I was studying a lot on, on earthquakes uh, and, and so forth and, and what they do. Did you know an earthquake, or not so much an earthquake, but the ground that's underneath this? which I didn't realize this. Do you know the ground is, is always moving? Our ground is it's always moving, whether we realize that or not. And as I was studying about the earthquakes and how that it's like if you look at the whole world, there's like these puzzles that are plates that are all put together all around the world. And if there's so much pressure that goes underneath those plates, that's when it buckles and there has to be what is called, I found this interesting, there has to be a stress relief. That steam or whatever it is that underneath it causes that shake. It has to go somewhere. And that pressure is what causes an earthquake. And in this time that we're living in, God says, I want you to be aware. Not to be afraid. I want you to be aware where we're at. We're headed somewhere. And a lot of things that we see in our society, you look to your husband or your wife or your kids and you're saying, what, what, what is happening? What is going on? I want you to know today, though, that, that we as it's City Church here, that, that we preach a message of grace, of truth, and you don't have to fear. No matter what you've brought in here today, you don't have to be afraid. And, you know, as... One of the great examples of the Bible is found in the Old Testament as we see these end times that we're living in about a great prophet. His name is Elijah. He has this incredible thing that happens in his life. He takes a great stand for the Lord. And at that time, the Bible tells us one of the wickedest kings and queens and kings in all the Old Testament was Ahab and Jezebel. And Elijah takes this stand and he says, you can take all your prophets and every one of the gods, quote, quote, of Baal and everything that you, quote, believe in, and I'll stand by my God and we'll see who wins. So they do this and make a long story short. You can, you can read that story how that Elijah goes out. He wins this great battle. The fire of God from heaven comes down and destroys this altar and all the prophets Elijah end up killing. You say, well, what are you trying to say, Dallas? What I'm saying is this. No matter who you are, 
no matter what you go through, you're going to have a time that you're, you're afraid. Now, you would think that after that, he would be pretty high on his, well, this is who he is. This is my God. But Jezebel says, you know what? I'm going to have what you did to those prophets. I'm going to have your head. And he flees into the desert. What is it in your life and in my life? What does it take to shake us? What, what is the spiritual earth like? What, what has happened maybe lately in your life or my life to where you seem like things are going well and all of a sudden something happens and it shakes you and you run out into the desert and you thought that you were at a more stable place and you're not as stable as what I think or you thought that you were. This is a man of God. I, see, this is what we forget. We forget the men in the Bible, the women of the Bible, they had their insecurities just the same as we do. He runs into the desert and he flees for his life. All of a sudden, he's at this great high and now he's running for his life. This is what happens in all of our lives. Something, something happens that shakes us. And what do we do with that? What happens? See, that faith that we so believe in, Jesus has not moved anywhere. He's still right here. It's no surprise to him what's happened to you or to me. And the devil is always going to come after you. If something has happened in your life that you can't explain lately and it's, it's hit you hard, you know where? Know that that's not of the Lord. That's of the devil. And he doesn't want you to have peace and joy and to prosper. What happened to Elijah? Now he's out in the desert. He's running for his life. The story picks up. In 1 Kings chapter 19, in verse 11. You know, let me say something to, that leads up to this. That, you know, when we go through certain things in our lives, we don't do some of the basics that God says before these verses. The Bible says that an angel came to Elijah before whatever was going to happen fed him, and he slept. Let me ask you a question. Are you where you're supposed to be? Like just the basics? God's saying, you know what? This angel is an example. You're supposed to be eating a certain way and getting the right rest. You know, I was reading something about some of the greatest athletes in the world. Now, I could name... Uh, Roger Federer, I can't, I never say his last name right, but anyway, he's one of the greatest tennis players ever. They're, they named about four or five of these great athletes. You know how many hours a day that, they, that he sleeps? He sleeps 12 hours a day. 12 hours a day. He sleeps so much at night, but then he, he takes all these naps. And it named all these incredible athletes and how much that they sleep. And they were interviewing all the different doctors, and they were saying one of the, one of the things that we don't do enough in our society is that is just to sleep. 
and to nourish ourselves in the right way. The Bible tells us leading up to this passage that he was so out of it and he was so broken down that an angel came to him and fed him and gave him such great food he fell back asleep. And the food that the angel gave him, this would be some kind of food, right? That he, he, the one meal that he had, he was able to go on for the next 40 days. Wouldn't that be great? 40 days he was able to go off on one meal. So we get to the place to where this has got him shaken. What is it in your life, your life, your life, and my life that shakes you? You're out in the desert and you're not sure what to do next. Well, the Lord knew that and that's why he had the angel out there with him. What did we say a few weeks ago? In the book of Psalm, Psalm 91, the Bible tells us all of us have at least two angels watching over us, at least two. The Lord is watching over you. He's there with you. So finally, we get to the story. We get to the place to where he's shaken spiritually. What happens? In 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 11, Then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. Behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. Listen to this. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still Small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face and his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And suddenly a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? Yeah, it's such a great passage. You know, we look for the Lord to come to us and He's got this unbelievable answer, and he's just gonna, it's just going to wham, come right before us. And what the Lord wants you to know and me to know is your answer. You know when it's going to come? That still, small voice when you get away with him, when you're just by yourself. It's just you and him. And finally, when he talks to you and you hear from him, and all of a sudden you, you're getting stronger again, you realize, okay, this is not as big a deal as what I thought because you know what? The Lord's got this. This is not my problem. And he reminds you who he is in the quietness of the night. He reminds you who he is in the quietness of the morning. He reminds you who he is at the entrance of the cave, the same as Elijah. What is it right now that you and I need to hear from the Lord? I, I don't know what it is. But I know that in his word that suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here? You know, the Lord has equipped us to whatever we face in this life. We always say when you walk through these doors every week, do you realize that you are a spiritual being? A spiritual being. And you know what? You will never, ever, ever run out 
of that river of, of living water. You know, this week, uh, <clears throat> someone gave me a bottle of, I was out somewhere, someone gave me a bottle of uh, Fiji water. You know what I'm talking about? The Fiji water, if you ever heard of that. It's in a beautiful square bottle with the flower on the front of it. You know, if you've ever seen it. It's beautiful. <laughs> and hey, I can't, it's the most expensive water that you can get. So I did some research on it this week. And I, and I thought, okay, the Fiji Islands, I think it's somewhere between, uh, I believe I'm right between here and Australia, the Fiji waters out there in the South Pacific. And they have all this about and everything. And I'm thinking, okay, you get this, they get this water from this aquifer that says it's out there on this island. And for 20 some years, it's, you know, they keep getting water. And I, and I say to myself, oh, that's on an island out in the middle of nowhere, like, uh, I mean, how long is that going to go on here? How much water? How much water before they tap into the salt water? I mean, it's like 22 years when the guy started it, like 1996, and he, you know, gets from there. And so, in one of the advertisements they they made fun of Cleveland in one of the advertisements, and they said, you know, it's Fiji water. It's from Fiji. It's not like bottled water from Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> Now listen, listen. So Cleveland, the some of the water department people there got kind of upset. So they did they did some tests, and they found out in many ways the tap water in Cleveland was just as healthy, if not healthier, than the Fiji water. But what am I getting at? One of those days, I, I just have to say, how long can that go on? It's going to run out one of those days. I don't know when. But what I'm saying to you is the Holy Spirit that's within you will never run out. It's a river that flows in your life. It's amazing. When you accept Christ as your Savior, the Bible says the Holy Spirit comes into your life and out of you becomes, it flows in, but rivers flow out of you. What does the Lord want us to know today? The Lord wants us to know today whatever it is that has shaken you or that has shaken me, that the Lord says to you and to me, the same as he said to Elijah. Well, let's interpret it for today. What's the big deal? That's what he said. Elijah, what are you doing here? In other words, why are you still right here and not being productive and not going forward? What stops us in many ways is fear. Fear of the unknown, fear of what's happened, financial insecurity, our health, whatever it might be, and the fear sets in. And we stay in this one place. God says, I want you to get alone with me. And once you're alone with me, I want you to do something which we're going to close with in just a minute. But what he's saying to you, once you get what you need to get, what are you doing? What are you doing still here? I got a life for you to live. I want you to have the abundant life. Remind you today, remember what the devil came to your life for? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus came to give us life and to give us life more abundantly. What what is that verse? That means this. He came to give you eternal life, and he came to give you the abundant life, to have victory in this life. You've got the Holy Spirit within you. 
You get along with them, and Jesus speaks to you. In other words, we say here at City Church, I guarantee you, if tonight or tomorrow morning you take five minutes, whatever it might be, and you open this book up, it is so unbelievable. Jesus knows you so well. He knows exactly what you need and what you're going to face this week, and he's going to have you turn right to it. And we miss it. We complicate it. We try and figure it out. Or like Elijah, we run into the desert. God has an incredible plan for your life. Let's look at this last verse. Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians in chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. So this battle that we're in, whatever it is that you're facing, this earthquake that has hit you, the Lord wants you to know that he's here with you. It's shaking you. And God's saying, I'm not in that earthquake. He's saying, I'm here to give you stability. No matter how much the ground's shaking, you're on my foundation. And how do we fight? In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and verses 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Let me read that again. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity and to the obedience of Christ. What does the Lord want us to know today that we battle? You know where your battle is and my battle is? I remind you all the time in myself, it's right here. It says right there, it's, in, it's about knowledge. It's about that, that the devil's coming at you. He's either accusing you or he's telling you you can't do it or you failed. And the Lord's telling you today that he has already won your battle. You have favor in his sight. He wants to bless your life. You know, there's an interesting passage in the Bible about another earthquake in the book of Amos, Amos was a sheep herder, and, uh, but yet he was a prophet. And you know what I love about that? I, I love that all, everybody here today, all of us, God wants to use you in a great way. No matter who you are, no matter what you do for a living, he wants to use you. And the Bible tells us in Amos that there was a great earthquake. And what he learned from that earthquake was how merciful the Lord is. What we learn from adversity that we go through in this life is how good the Lord is to us. See, because I believe when we face whatever it is that you're facing, and you really open yourself up to the Lord in that quiet time, you begin to see Jesus in a different way. You begin to be more thankful. You begin to see eternity. You begin to see your family in a different light and all these other things that 
and this battle that you're facing, this earthquake that's shaking you, God's saying this, that weapon that I've given you, the Holy Spirit within you, the weapon that you have, the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. It's that easy. What I'm telling you today is I do all the time is try to equip you. I don't know what you're going to face this week. I don't know what I'm going to face. But I know that there, there will always be a time, and, and don't overlook this, we live in this fleshly body. And I want you to know that when something happens or you get the phone call, of course, of course that fear sets in. You figure, how am I going to work this out? Why did this happen? What's going to go on? We live in this body. And then we take a deep breath and we realize Jesus can see into this world that I can't see. And if I depend on him, he's going to show me how to fight this battle. And the way he does today and the way that he will in that spiritual war is a challenge you tonight or tomorrow to get away with the Lord. And whatever that giant might be, whatever it might be as far as you're facing right now, I want you to know whatever's shaking you, that still small voice Jesus will speak to you. But you know what? He won't do it if we run all around and try and fix it ourselves. What he wants us to do is get away with him. We are his child. And he has exceedingly, abundantly, more than you and I could ever think or ask that he will change your circumstance and your situation if you give it to him. See, the same as Elijah from the angel was given food that he could go on for 40 days. What was it? It was supernatural. What the Lord wants you to know today as we close, what he wants to give you is something that is supernatural. All the movies in the last 10 years have been the most successful movies have been about what? Superheroes. They've come to save the day. And you know what I'm here to tell you today? Jesus is already with you. He's already got a plan, and he knows exactly what you're going through. Some of the greatest things that you face that you've never told anybody, he knows, and he's there with you. And he wants you to know this today that if you get with him and you spend a few minutes with him in the quietness, it's not in the earthquake that he speaks. The earthquake has hit you to shake you. It's not in the fire. It's a still, small voice. When you open this word up, that the miracle takes place. That you are such his child that you know exactly what you need. And he knows what you need. And he will give you what you need to what you're going to face this week. So I ask you today to do one thing. And that's just to trust him. Because if you and I trust him, then he takes whatever it is that's shaking you. 
and calms you and says, I got this. I'm going to fight this battle. Let's pray. As our heads are bowed today, what is it? Is this something maybe you've heard this week that has shaken you? It's something that you thought things were going well, the same as Elijah, and then all of a sudden you're out in the middle of a desert and you're wondering, what is, what is happening? Even right now, the Lord wants you to be quiet. Whether you leave here today and you drive that car in the quietness of the afternoon or tonight or in the morning, if you're willing to open his word, that still, small voice will speak to you. And Jesus will tell you he's already got it worked out. Will you trust him today? Father, we are so grateful today that, Lord, we don't have all the answers, but we have you. We can't figure out some of the things that have happened to us. It's shaken us. We don't know why, but we know that you're right here. Lord, we know that it's not surprised you. And, Father, that through that, that quietness shall strengthen us. And the same as you told Elijah, what are you doing here? Lord, you want us to get on our feet again and to live that life that you have for us of joy and peace and, and laughter and, and to bring others to you and they can have what we have. Father, we thank you. Lord, if there's someone here today that doesn't have that peace, doesn't have that joy, maybe they've been shaken and whatever it might be in life. Or, Lord, let them know they can't live this life on their own, that you are here to give them eternal life and to give them life and life more abundantly. Lord, we thank you today that you are our answer. We don't have it all figured out, but Father, Lord, help us just to trust you today and open your word and take another step forward and another step forward. And we'll be amazed what you're going to do. Father, if there's someone here today that doesn't know you as their Savior, we ask that they would come forward as Ben leads us. And Lord, I can show them in your word your plan of grace and saving grace. And they can pray, Jesus, forgive me a sinner. I believe you died on the cross for me. And I ask you to come into my heart to cleanse me from all of my sin. And Jesus, you will. And Father, you will give them this abundant life. Lord, we ask it now, Lord, if there's someone here, may they not leave here today without knowing you, without not having that hope that we have. Lord, we ask it in your name, in Jesus' name.